you what, Towns? Is butter a car? <laughs> you call yourself Fat Amy? Yes, a twig bitch is my unit and dope behind my back. Towns is uh, Fat Horse. D-U-F-F. Designated ugly fat friend. What did you just say to me? Oh my god, I can't believe that I'm actually doing this. Um, I talked about it for like a year and um, I finally decided like, fuck it, I just need to do this. So today is like a soft launch. Like this is the first episode, but it's not really what my typical episodes are going to look like. A typical episode is going to be me interviewing all these crazy people, like all over college, all involved in your life about like body dysmorphia or eating disorders and like having this whole aspect of like the reality of college like you know we're gonna talk about like subjects like sex we're gonna talk about alcohol we're gonna talk about drugs we're gonna talk about things that you encounter for the first time and how to navigate through that in like a healthy way but by no means is this gonna be like a super serious podcast this is gonna be the podcast that I wish I had when I was going into my freshman year where It's so easy to talk about, you know, self-help and these spiritual things. And like, yes, those are so important, but none of them were realistic. I mean, there are some out there, but this is something that I wanted to do to like cater to like college age students and young adults like really struggling or even kids in high school. Uh, I just feel like this is all super prevalent. And also eating disorders are everywhere and like even in the party scene like I'm gonna give just a few examples pulling trigger parties that's fucked you shouldn't be doing that that's pretty much bulimia I mean unless you are like actually like going into alcohol poisoning or something like that you shouldn't be throwing up like that's just not normal yeah so and then starving all day to get drunk easier I know I did this freshman year And it was so unhealthy. It actually resulted in me like blacking out and throwing up every single night, which like destroyed my teeth. So yeah, don't do that. And also starving to wear certain clothing. You guys, what are we doing? No, not eating so you can like not exercise for the day. Yeah, this was a big one for me. I'd be like, "Mm, yeah, I don't feel like exercising today. So I'll just like won't eat. So I have like nothing to burn off. Uh, no. That's no, that's just no, no. We'll get into all these topics later. But anyways, those are just like a few examples of things I've seen at college in the party scene that I'm like, I thought these were normal, but they're actually like not and they're not healthy at all. Um, And so I'm like, what contributed to that? So for me, a big one was the freshman 15. I heard about the freshman 15 for literally as long as I can, can like remember. Um, so I called up a few friends and I asked them literally two questions. Have they heard of the freshman 15 and were they ever at any point in their freshman year scared about gaining that weight or becoming part of the freshman 15 statistic or whatever that's called? Um, and everyone said yes for both. Like I remember like a brief tiny comment going into my freshman year of high school where I completely fixated on it and this formed so much of my eating disorder. And so there's three things that contribute to an eating disorder. It's psychological factors, environmental factors, and genetic factors. Um, Yeah, so also I got a little carried away. I don't think that I ever introduced myself. I'm Hayes. I'm, I'm a junior at... 
Um, James Madison. I'm a health science major on a Peace Corps track, and I'm minoring in medical Spanish. Yeah, that's just like a pretty, I don't know, short intro about me. I had an eating disorder, if you guys haven't figured that one out. And I've always had like body image issues. Always. I'm like this short little petite brunette who's unusually muscular. And I have like, I don't know, I was just always very opposite from what I grew up with. And so I'm actually going to go into that talking about those like three influences on an eating disorder. So psychological, I was a mess. I was a shit show in high school, like actually in middle school. It was horrible. I was actually bipolar and nobody knew. So like looking back, it kind of makes sense. But like right now I'm like, "Mm, yeah, that sucked. So I was left untreated. And so I would have like severe bouts of depression. And so I thought I was depressed. I wasn't. I would also have moments where I was like elated and happy and nothing could go wrong. And when they did, I was destroyed. Like I can't even explain it to you guys. It was horrific. And so I also like lived super close to my high school. So I just like left school a lot. And for me, that started like a sense of control where I was just like, I want to control every aspect of my life because I can't control my feelings. And so that came to me controlling food. So yeah, that wasn't good. Environmental. So actually, although I'm going to school in Virginia. I grew up in a beach town, like in LA. So that was really fun. But unfortunately, uh, I grew up in Manhattan Beach. Now it is a beautiful area. I loved it so much. Like, I wish I could live there. But there was just environmental factors that blew me out of the water. And one of those was I grew up in a town that was extremely competitive. And we're talking about in school. We're talking about in sports. We're talking about with everything, like how you looked. It was if you didn't have straight A's, you failed. If you were not the best of the best, then why are you even playing the sport to begin with? If you weren't like this beautiful, pretty model. okay. I mean, that's it. That's like, I don't know. You were just seen as like mundane or less than. And I don't know. At least that's what it felt like. I don't know if that actually was the reality or if I was just like mentally ill. But yeah. So another thing with like my environmental factors, I had just gone through a breakup and I lost like a ton of friendships because as I said, I was a mess. And honestly, like I take full responsibility for all of those relationships ending. Yeah. So I mean, looking back now, I'm from an older standpoint where I see these, but those environmental factors also related to me developing an eating disorder or just having really severe body dysmorphia and the genetic aspects. I actually have no clue. So I did like a little bit of research. I kind of looked at PubMed Central and their article on the genetics of eating disorders. And so I'm just going to read like a quote from it, because I thought it was really interesting. So like through controlled family studies have genetically found increased rates of eating disorders in relatives of women with anorexia and bulimia compared to relatives of the control group. So basically, you know, people that aren't relatives. Um, Finding from the largest and most systematic studies that suggest a 7 to 12 fold increase in the prevalence of anorexia and bulimia in relatives of eating disordered probands. Okay, so let's like this is a lot of fancy words. Um, I didn't know what a fold was. So I don't know if I'm dumb, but a fold is a ratio. So 
like threefold is three times. So I guess they're saying there's like a seven to 12 times more percent of a chance to develop an eating disorder if someone in your family has one. But this doesn't really make sense to me because I feel like that could be environmental factors. So maybe I need to like, I don't know, interview like a geneticist or something to like know what genetic factors are. I Or maybe that, I don't know. Um, but a proband is what I said at the end, is a person serving as a starting point for the genetic study of a family. So I had no idea what that meant. When someone said eating disordered probands, I was like, what? So that's what it means. All right. So I have been wanting to do this for so long. I didn't come out with my eating disorder until uh, summer before sophomore year of college. I had been in recovery since um, mid-January of 2021, and I had a great freshman year. You know, I was only there for one semester, but I met people that I'm still living with now. But there's this thing, and it's called food environments. So according to EPHA, and that's the European Public Health Alliance, food environments are a combination of spaces in which people make decisions about food and the food and drinks that are made available, accessible, affordable, and desirable in those spaces. So for reference, I never partied in high school and I go to college and it's party central. So first semester was a booze binge fest because of COVID. We literally wake up every day midday. Classes are all online. We would drink all night and then repeat. So basically my grades were dog shit. My health was dog shit and everything was dog shit. I was the kind of girl who I was like, yeah, I'm like the fitness queen. Like, I am so fit. Like, I'm always in the gym. Uh, and I put up this like persona and like facade of just being a fitness guru. So but what everyone didn't know is I actually like was so unhealthy. I I would get so drunk at parties. This was like the first red flag to my friends, I think. I don't know. I'll interview them in the future. But I actually like wasn't getting that drunk. I was the girl at parties like throwing up needing to pull trig because I was spinning and needed the alcohol to my system. The truth was is I actually logged my calories for that day, including the calories and alcohol. And if I drank over that limit, I needed to go throw up to get it out of my body. Yeah, no, that was another huge red flag. Um, I took up walking in college, not in a good way. You would catch me walking on the side of interstates, racking up about 20 miles. I walk. So if you don't know where Bridgewater is, uh, I live in Harrisonburg. Bridgewater is about 10 miles away. And the only way to get there is like really busy, like interstates. Like, (laughs) so I'd be walking on the side of interstates to Bridgewater, 10 miles there and then 10 miles back. I also wouldn't eat and I would eat only soup. And um, my favorite thing was miracle noodles. Um, that were just like these clear worm-like looking things. I don't know what was ever my appeal to them. It was disgusting. Yeah, no, sorry to bash on Miracle Noodles. I hated them. I actually hated to go out with my friends because they were always eating and I wished I could be like eat and be that skinny. They would always go, hey, you want to come get lunch with us? And I'm like, oh no, I already ate. Or hey, like we're going to go to the store. Do you want to come with us? And I didn't want to be around food. And then I would also like bake a shit ton because I was like trying to feed other people. I was so obsessed with food and I couldn't even like I couldn't enjoy it. So I wanted other people to if I could, if that makes any sense. So my bulimia got worse and worse till I was doing 
like six, seven hours of exercise each day. And then finally, I went home for Christmas break and my mom said, you have a problem and you're not going back to school. And I kind of went, well, I didn't kind of, I went to an outpatient rehab kind of sort of. Yeah. So I went back to California. I had to leave all my friends and I have only known them for like, what, three months or something like that. I don't know. And I was about to live with them the next year. And yeah, I just had to suddenly be like, hey, this fit girl that I put myself up to be is actually not fit. And I'm really sick. And I lied to you guys about my entire lifestyle. And um, sorry. So I track it back to like, way back when in your childhood this is when it starts so I was eight years old and I was on a playground and I did gymnastics at the time and I was doing back walkovers on the field at recess and I don't know how the topic came up but one of the girls like was like I remember the weight I remember the exact pounds one of the girls was like I am 62 pounds and I was 68 pounds at the time and I was eight years old um, for the first that was the first time I was ever conscious of my weight. And I felt like that made me stick out. It made me feel like I was lesser than and for whatever reason, I just fixated on that. So in general, evidence suggests that eating disorders are most commonly developed between adolescents with an age between 13 and 18 years old. 13 years old and 18 years old. So I I know for one that I mean my parents are amazing people and I love them so much, but I don't think in a million years they would look at their 13-year-old daughter and be like, oh, she's developing an eating disorder. Never in a million years. Because you look at a 13-year-old and like, oh, she's so young and innocent and precious. This is like when they're realizing their bodies and developing these horrible habits. And that's just something that I mean, as sisters, um, as brothers, as family members, as friends, like to recognize that this is happening in your younger siblings' lives, your younger siblings' friends' lives, your younger cousins, your like just the people in your life that are younger. Just being aware of that, I think, is so important. But this actually often occurs even earlier for anorexia. Um, bulimia and binge eating. By the way, there's a million kinds of eating disorders that I will go over in different episodes. But anyways, at this point, no eating disorder had been developed with me. I was eight years old, but I was hyper aware of my weight. So keep in mind, I said I wrote this in all caps in my notes. Keep in mind that even little comments about weight or judging someone else's weight can stick to little minds. So another point, like these little like little comments in my little mind. Um, a family member told me that Adele was brave. And I said, why? They said, because she was bigger and people still love her for her music and not her body. So first of all, looking back, that's so fucked. I mean, seriously, like judging someone's worthiness of being loved by their weight. I don't think my family member even noticed that that was kind of the insinuation because that's what, like stuck in my brain. I took that as if I don't have this crazy, amazing thing that I do, then people won't love me if I get fatter. People like won't like I won't get any attention if I get fatter. I don't know if that makes sense, but it, in my mind it did. And I specifically remember thinking that I had never even noticed her weight 
until someone said something. I literally didn't realize that she or anyone else could be considered fat. Like that wasn't even a concept in my little brain. And that was the first moment. Just a little comment about someone else's body is what taught me how other people can be judged based on a weight. Another one. So you guys will learn my grandma is my best friend. Like she is incredible. I call her every single day. And we've had a lot of conversations about how she really contributed to my eating disorder. And I'm so lucky to have a grandmother who was so open to learning about it. I mean, she grew up in a time where she was taught not to eat avocados because it was a fat and you shouldn't eat fats. Now we know that that was a healthy fat and you should. So I talked to her a lot. And one of the comments she said to me, I was walking with her and I must have been right around when I was eight or nine or 10, somewhere in that realm. She said to me, well, I said to her, I said, Grammy, am I fat? And she goes, no, you're skinny. You can see your ribs. So I took that as if you can see your ribs, you're skinny. And as you can see, these little comments and the way that I took them, my little mind really contributed to a lot of issues future. I mean, I remember one time someone said that my littlest brother was super skinny and had abs. And I was like, well, do I have abs? And they were like, you still got like a little layer over it. Okay, that stuck with me too. I mean, I was so little and I don't know. So this would start a decades long belief that my weight determines my worth. And I was probably like 10 in a doctor's office and the doctor said I was overweight and should consider losing weight. This episode is not on BMI, but that will be discussed in another one um, with a medical professional because you guys, it's not real. I mean, it's real. Like the BMI is a thing, but it's not. It was created in the 1800s by an astronomer or astrologist. One of the two. Um, I, I really honestly don't know the difference. Maybe I'm dumb, but I don't care. So mm-hmm. um, so that idea of like losing weight stuck to me. And I thank God that at the age of 10, I didn't know that food could contribute to weight. I just thought I needed to exercise more. So in middle school, I said my mental health was horrific probably due to like hormones and I actually ended up reading a book um, about eating disorders in which one of the girls literally dies and the other lives and is super skinny so the girl it's called winter girls and the girl that dies had bulimia and the one that lived had anorexia so I obviously didn't take it as far as the girl who lived and was so skinny that like people We're like, oh, my God, you need help. But I thought it'd be cool to like try to lose a few pounds. And I learned from um, a different book, Pretty Little Liars, um, where Hannah used a toothbrush to make herself throw up that she lost a ton of weight over summer and she came back and was so pretty. So I learned from that what how to do bulimia. And I went home and tried it. And that went on for like three months. I ended up like having a mental like full breakdown to my parents where I like would have raging screaming fits like again we didn't know I was bipolar at the time now it makes sense but they kind of were just like okay what is going on and they didn't never really like took anything I said seriously because I would say whatever came to my head so I get that 
So high school, things got better. I met my first love. I made some amazing friends and I had a really bad body image. So occasionally I would make myself like throw up, but like that was really occasionally. So obviously good things come to an end. So when I went through that breakup, I lost my friends. My mental health was in the shitter. I just stopped eating and then I lost weight. So now if anyone is listening to this saying, oh no, like eating equals, like no eating equals like losing weight. Let me tell you what else I lost besides weight. I lost all my remaining friends from high school. I mean, except for like two or three that I can count off the top of my head that I still talk to today. I lost so many friends. I lost a lot of respect from my peers. I lost respect from, you know, my, and when I went to college, my roommates at the time, I lost so much respect and I lost all my self-respect. I had no sense of morals or moral value. I just didn't respect myself at all. I lost my period. That started in middle school. So I got my first period in like six or seven years a month ago. And I'm just praying that I get one this month. But I don't know. Like, I completely ruined my reproductive system. I don't know if I'm going to be able to have children. I don't know if I'm going to be fertile. I don't know what this means for my body because it shut down. I lost a good amount of hair. And I'm still dealing with hair loss, even though I've been in recovery for a year and a half. And I lost any drive for anything, like grades, being a better person. I lost all drive. Besides weight loss, I was just focused on weight loss. So obviously it got worse when COVID hit and I hyperfixated on my body because what else was I supposed to do? I was just trapped in my house. So I won't go into specific numbers because I know that's super triggering, um, but I counted my calories like nothing else mattered and I ate as little as I could each and every day. And I tried to put off eating to as late as I could. And so that the latest would be like 5 p.m. And then this is when the binge eating started because I starved myself so much that I just had to eat as much as I could. My body thought I was going into starvation. So when I had food, that's all I could eat, all I could focus on. So once I started eating, I couldn't stop. And then the next day I would bike 40 miles or walk 10 miles to burn it off. And then I would binge again and It was an endless cycle. And when I went to college, I was like, I will never do this again. Um, I thought it would change. I was like, I'm never doing it again. But it didn't change. I went on walks where I eat as many scones and cookie dough cups and cookies and brownies and anything I could put my hands on. I stopped being able to process certain foods um, without my stomach hurting. So I truly believed that I was gluten and dairy free. Like I couldn't eat either one, so I wouldn't. And then I would, and then I would feel so guilty and then my stomach would hurt and then it was horrible. And then every single time I drank or partied, I would force myself to throw up to get it out of my body. I abused laxatives. I abused diuretics. By the way, none of these helped me lose weight. None of these made me look better. All they did was make me miserable and make me so unhealthy and lose so many experiences that I could have had my freshman year of college that I can't ever take back. Um, When I came home for winter break, I was in the same cycle, and my mom caught me purging twice, Um, but I blamed it on being drunk. And then one day she called bullshit, and a few days later I decided 
not to go back to school because I wanted to completely and fully recover. And that was January 15th of 2021. So getting caught was the worst and best day of my life. I entered the long and grueling process of recovery. And honestly, I had more bad days than good ones. It's not easy. I'm still dealing with it. So I know this is a super sad and shitty and depressing story, but I'm sharing this as a basis for fat and fat means pretty hot and taboo. So we're going to be talking about all these crazy topics about beauty standards, you know, the hot aspects of life, the taboo aspects of life. And this story is what made me want to do this. I wanted a podcast that was fun and relatable, but all the podcasts I found were just as serious as this episode. And I guess that's my way of making what I never had or wish that I had. So if you're listening and you're a friend of someone with an eating disorder or a family member or you are the person or if you're just a college kid with body image issues, I hope this spoke to you. Um, On that note, I'll be um, talking with you guys next week about college nutrition and energy balance with a registered dietitian and JMU professor, um, Michelle Hess. So I hope you guys stick around and enjoy this first episode. Um, And yeah, thanks guys for listening. Give it to me. Have you worked out? Is butter a car? Um, you call yourself fat Amy? Yes, a uh, tweak bitch is like, you know, do it behind my back. Cause it is a uh, fat horse. The UFF. Designated ugly fat friend. What did you just say to me?